to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 234. Starting off with security news. Ripple 20 is a set of 19 vulnerabilities in IoT devices, and it is affecting over 15 manufacturers and billions of different systems online. It's a set of vulnerabilities in a low-level TCP IP library and they called it Ripple because of its supply chain implications. Homeland Security used aerial surveillance to monitor protests in 15 U.S. cities, and all the images were fed into a Homeland Security tool called Big Pipe, which can be accessed by multiple federal agencies. So they're basically sharing surveillance data across the entire federal fabric and uh, basically flying over and surveilling places that they uh, think are hotspots. Quite torn on this. I mean, I, I see it as a powerful tool and sometimes necessary, but I just don't like the lack of transparency. I don't like the lack of oversight, or at least the lack of visible oversight. And I just see the potential for harm here to be pretty significant. An analysis of the U.S. cyber budget reveals that the focus is mostly on offense and mostly on the Department of Defense and not growing defensive capabilities across multiple agencies at like the state and local level. It's basically um, building additional weapons and additional capabilities for DOD, which has its positives, I suppose, but it doesn't seem very focused on defense. Seems more focused on offense. Bellingcat investigated the Russian poisonings of people in Salisbury, UK. And it's a pretty interesting story. So the researcher talks about how they actually tracked down the suspects, how they found their leaders, and also what other Russian campaigns uh, the operation was linked to. So pretty cool research here. Bellingcat always always comes away with the win, in my opinion. Adobe is end of lifing flash on December 31st, 2020. About time, I would say. AWS says it's mitigated the largest DDoS ever at 2.3 terabits per second using its product called Shield. Hong Kong schools are now being ordered to display the Chinese flag and to sing the Chinese national anthem which has got Hong Kong quite upset. Russia has unbanned Telegram. For vulnerabilities, we have 79 Netgear routers have a critical RCE bug via buffer overflow in the HTTP daemon. It's a lot of different routers, 79 from Netgear. Adobe has patched 18 issues out of band. Luckily, they'll be end of lifing, although that doesn't really mean anything because people are still going to be using it. It just means Adobe won't be supporting it. 
Plex Media Server has multiple security issues as well. And for companies, Dropbox has launched its own password manager. And Salt Security has closed 20 million to help protect APIs. Technology news, Amazon just launched AWS Snowcone, which is a small 4.5 pound box with two CPUs, four gigs of memory, and it's designed to be used in edge operational sort of areas, like you know rural sort of areas, places where you don't have the connectivity that you might normally. It's got eight terabytes of usable storage and is designed to be like a data transfer mechanism either physically or by shipping them to AWS. So you can actually just ship the box to AWS and it'll pull the data off. Or you can use their um, online data sync service. Or you can just send them around using drones uh, because they're only four and a half pounds. And uh, they also have a TPM on board. So it's like a trusted platform all the way up and they're a bit tamper proof as well. So pretty cool solution here for edge operations. Researchers taught a robot how to suture by showing it surgery videos. Philips Hue now has a super bright light bulb option, which is the equivalent of 100 watts, which I just ordered like six of these things because I love um, some of the Philips stuff and some of the other smart bulbs, but I um, just haven't found bright enough ones. Uh, so I'm glad they finally have this. Too bad they're only white would prefer some colors there, but whatever. We'll have to wait for that. And Tesla is now the world's most valuable automaker, which is just surprising to me. Boston Dynamics is now selling its four-legged robot called Spot. They're selling for $74,500. And they're basically imaging robots, like its whole front face. It, it is four-legged. It kind of looks like a dog but its whole face is like, you know, image sensors and that sort of thing. And a lot of people are using to, to create 3D maps of locations. For me, they really remind me of the little evil death robots on Black Mirror. So it kind of freaking me out, like 80 grand for a death robot. But th this one is pretty benign, I imagine. Very few weapons on it, zero actually. But um, yeah, it's, it's for imagery. And it's called Spot and it's 80 grand. I think when this thing falls to, you know, whatever, five grand, I don't, I don't know what the actual number is, but when it gets super affordable, I think we're going to see way more of these things. And it's, it's going to get crazy because as the price is falling, they're just going to keep get, getting better and better. And pretty soon, uh, yeah, we're going to have robots everywhere. And it's just going to be a normal part of life. And we're going to have all the grappling of issues that we have been seeing throughout sci-fi for the last 20 years. Twitter is rolling out voice tweets. Under technology and companies, we have TikTok is now expected to hit 500 million in revenue this year. Unbounce is a company that just raised 38 million to build landing pages with lower bounce rates. And Contentful raises $80 million for its headless CMS. So you basically, you're not managing some GUI where it's supposed to go. You're just controlling the content. And it's basically making that available through APIs to push to all these different 
other front-end services. That's what Headless CMS is, and Contentful is the name of the company. Human news. The daily step count needed to get health improvements is far lower than most people think. Uh, this pretty large study, I believe out of Japan, says that 10,000 is actually kind of an old um, old thing. It was kind of like the um, the food triangle thing where it was like one big study and suddenly it became like accepted across across the world as being canonical. But it's uh, really possible to get it much earlier with fewer steps. So 4,400 is evidently a step count that starts getting you benefits. And this is in terms of like survivability, how, how long you can live extra extra years. And 4,400 is where it starts. 10,000 is pretty good, but you, you still get benefits beyond 10,000. So don't uh, stop moving if you don't think you can get to 10,000. Rent prices are falling across the U.S. due to the pandemic and the lockdown. The article here quotes drops between 6 and 20%. U.S. retail sales jumped 18% in May. They still aren't where they normally are, but 18% jump, it's the highest jump ever, um, obviously, because we're coming from such a low place. But yeah, 18% in May. See how that continues to develop as things continue to open. Unfortunately, probably close again and then reopen. Probably a series of those. Yuval Harari gives a commencement speech and starts off with, congratulations, you are now hackable animals. And it is available on YouTube. And got the link here in the show notes. Dexamethasone, probably pronounced that wrong. It's a cheap available steroid there's the first drug to significantly help in the fight against COVID-19. It's a steroid that helps reduce the dangerous inflammation response in the body, which is what's actually leading to a lot of the breathing problems. And it evidently cuts the risk of death for people on ventilators by a full third. And for people on oxygen, I think it cuts it by a fifth. So very high efficacy. Chess is blowing up on Twitch, which is heartening because not only is it chess, which is cool that it's, you know, being made more popular and people are gravitating towards it when they have options of like Fortnite or whatever, but it's also cool because it's a game in which computers have already beaten humans completely. Like our current world champion, Magnuson, he cannot compete at all against like even the most basic chess computer at this point. Like you could put a chess computer on a desktop with the proper modern software and it can beat even Magnus Carlsen. So yeah, I think I said Magnuson earlier. It's Magnus Carlsen. So he's like the absolute best, but he can be beaten by basically any good chess computer at this point. And um, it doesn't matter. Chess is actually getting more popular than ever. And I, I think that's heartening means just because humans aren't better than computers at something doesn't mean humans won't want to see the best humans competing in that thing, whatever that activity is. So I, I think that's positive because more and more of these areas are, are just going to be dominated by computers and AI. So it's good to hear that. 
Japan has almost exclusively male boards of directors, and the rest of the world is starting to heavily scrutinize this and starting to punish them for it. So I imagine they're going to start to diversify, which is a good thing. Ideas, trends, and analysis. Do the real thing. This is a fantastic piece on how practicing, studying, learning, like all this academic research around just doing something like making music, for example. I'm thinking of myself here. I've been trying to make EDM electronic music for a while, and I've not just sat down and tried to do it enough. I've been doing too much study, and this has been going on for five, six years, right? It's just, this thing is a call to action. I think it's fantastic. It's called Do the Real Thing. And the next one here is called On Coding, Ego, and Attention. Another great piece here. And there's an interesting argument that says if we want to combat pandemics, we need to use GMO crops and be willing to adjust the free-range cattle approach used in much of the world, especially South America. Because what's happening there is all these farmers are just expanding massively, trying to get more space for crops, more space for their cattle. And they're, uh, this is leading to deforestation. So we could massively reduce deforestation by adopting these technologies that allow us to get more from less. And there is a sort of a moral trade-off here with bringing cows closer together and not giving them you know, the free range that they're familiar with. So there's a trade-off here, but so many farmers in China are turning to raising exotic animals like pangolins because they are being, you know, pushed to do so by land restrictions. So basically, it's a really interesting argument here that that basically we need to use science and sort of advance what we're able to do with less. All right, updates. I finished getting to yes and nonviolent communication, which are both I guess, influence books, uh, debate books, negotiation books. And now I'm reading a book called A World Without Work by Daniel Susskind. And it's a brand new book. It's 2020. And it's, in my opinion, the best view of the automation problem, at least related to human work out there right now. So if you read read, uh, Andrew Yang's book, The War on Normal People, it's like his conversation about automation but it's a full book about that one topic. And I think Susskind's treatment of the topic is great because it's realistic, right? It's not alarmist. It's not complacent. It's just describing the current situation. And it's not acting too crazy about it. It's just saying, look, we really need to watch this. And it's just a lot more subtle and nuanced and non-alarmist. I think I've actually recommended it to a friend of mine named Brandon, who has not believed the argument, has not believed my argument, has not believed Andrew Yang on it, and hasn't read a lot of these books that I have about this. Um, But I think he's more likely to respond to this because it's not alarmist. It's not one directional saying, oh, this is bad. Oh, we're about to lose all the jobs like within the next few years. Because there are arguments for, yeah, this has happened before. It could be gradual. We could actually gain some jobs. 
you know, when people lose jobs in one area, you can get more jobs in another. And Susskind really addresses this, but still points out that, yeah, that even though those things are true, the trend is still negative for human work. And it does, he does so in a, in a less alarmist and more sort of subtle and just balanced way. So highly recommend this book. Discovery, how I find the gems among blogs, podcasts, and videos. Excaladraw, a super clean web app for making sketch-like diagrams. I tried this out earlier. It was awesome. The true sizes of land masses compared in an infographic. There's a fascinating connection between modern art and the CIA. RSS box, a tool for creating RSS feeds for sources that don't have them. Got a live map of all the Starlink satellites. Got a list of the best credit monitoring services for 2020. Got a really cool recon methodology here with workflows and code. Turn on MFA before attackers do it for you. This is the piece by Brian Krebs. A hacker decided to restore a historical synth and ended up dosing himself with LSD. Evidently, he was <laughs> all over the hardware and just touching it um, took him off into another place. Zipcracker, a Python script for cracking zip file passwords. MetricsDB, a time series database for storing metrics at Twitter. Secret Finder, find sensitive keys, tokens, etc. in JavaScript files. I think this is really cool. I'm going to add this to my methodologies. And recommendations for the week, A World Without Work. This is the book I was just talking about by Daniel Susskind. And Do the Real Thing. This is the piece I talked about above as well. And the aphorism for the week, the best answer to gossip is silent contempt. The best answer to gossip is silent contempt. Jules Renard. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe inserted ads are not just annoying, but that their business model is toxic to content creation. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here. And they also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmisor.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already done so. Each of you is participating in the direct model of creator support that is helping this show survive and grow. And I greatly appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.